Welcome to Advent Sermons and Conversations. This is the sermon half. Today's sermon was given by Pastor Gary Mills on Sunday, October 14th, 2018. You can find the readings for this week in the podcast description. The story of the rich young man in today's gospel is, I think, one of the most familiar stories in the New Testament. The passage recalls the only time that Jesus invited someone to be a disciple and that person refused. Today, our Lord places before us the contrasting desires that can mark our lives. Wealth and generosity, money and abundant sharing, riches and the drive to be a blessing to others. Now, while wealth is hard to define, the importance of a generous heart is central to the life of a Christian. The story, I think, fascinates us because this man is not a typical person who is drawn to Jesus. In each of the gospel versions of this story, a different factor is added to give this man a celebrity character. He is variously described as being rich, young, and a ruler. And despite the fact that he has lived a rather exemplary life, he boldly admits that something is missing. He may not be blind or crippled, but he is suffering from some form of dis-ease. Like many who are drawn to worship here at Advent, this man knew something was missing from his life. He hoped that Jesus could help him determine what that might be. We know that wealth is never a guarantee of happiness or contentment, but still we act like it is. We are constantly bombarded by the seductive siren song of advertising and the contemporary culture that convinces us that money, prestige, and possessions will bring us joy and a sense of well-being. Like the rich young man, we find gratification and identity in our acquired possessions and find it hard to part with them, at least graciously. Now I could say more about this rich young man, but the passage from our gospel lesson that grabbed my attention this week was the heartfelt statement of Peter. Look, we have left everything to follow you, he said to Jesus. Now Peter had observed this encounter with the rich young man and Jesus. And characteristically of Peter, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. He must have been a good Lutheran pastor. This man had refused the very same invitation, follow me, that Peter and the others had accepted. With the crude honesty of a middle school student obsessed with fairness, 
Peter wanted to know what he and the other disciples were going to get for their faithfulness, for their choosing to follow Jesus and to carry forth his ministry. And I think Peter speaks for many of us here today, many of us who are faithful in our worship, generous in our support of the mission and ministry of Advent, and willing to roll up our sleeves for the work and success of our ministry. While we may not be as blunt as Peter, at some level I am sure that many of us wonder, what is in it for me? Will my faithfulness and support be rewarded? How will my participation in this Christian community be a blessing in my life? When will I get a compensation, and in what form will it come to me? This text is very timely, I think, because we continue to struggle in our American society with the gospel of prosperity that is regularly preached in many of our evangelical Protestant churches. In one form or another, this heresy that God rewards Christians for their faithfulness has indeed been around since almost the beginning of time, encouraging arrogance and confusion. With it come a sense that we are an elect people and we are a great land because God has made us so, greater than any other. And it is from these roots that early American religious thought led to manifest destiny, that concept of the 19th century that was the commonly held belief that this nation, the United States of America, was destined by God to expand from Atlantic to Pacific and to be the true new Jerusalem. This soon became a holy crusade to redeem this continent and to build what many thought was the promised land, marked by a determination to expand the United States, wresting land from indigenous peoples and other European powers, and establishing a policy that blocked any other country, save Great Britain and its presence in Canada, from having a foothold in North America. Shades of this approach continue to influence us today through our immigration policies, through our economic policies, through how we treat others coming to our shores, and through how we treat others who are not of a Christian faith. What is in it for me? Sadly, there are many voices in the church today that would further this theology of prosperity, claiming that God rewards Christians with financial blessings and an abundant life. For in the prosperity gospel, God is seen as a wonderful vending machine. If you put in faith, if you pray the right prayer, 
if you believe all the right things, out of that vending machine will pop blessings. Material wealth, a great apartment, a beautiful or handsome spouse, bright children, and a prosperous, growing congregation. So Peter speaks for many when he makes his emotional response, what is in it for me? Jesus' quick response is both reassuring and revealing. Jesus speaks of the sacrifice and loss that we must endure if we would put the kingdom of God first and our own selfish desires behind. Those who would follow Jesus must be prepared to surrender some of the things that have always been most meaningful. Home, family, livelihood, comfort, traditions, familiar religious surroundings. Jesus states without equivocation that all of these things that we love must become our second-tier concerns, subordinated to the first concern of following Jesus. But then, Jesus promises that even in this age, the life of a disciple will receive a hundredfold more of friendships, meaningful personal relationships, a sense of common cause with others, a community of faith, and persecutions. Jesus states these things boldly. These words have had a special meaning in the first century church, of course, that which was Mark's audience, who were beginning to feel the resistance of the Roman authority. But despite all, Jesus insists that those who follow him will reap a reward of rich relationships and untold treasure in heaven. So, my dear flock, my dear friends, what is in it for me? Indeed, a cornucopia of blessings is promised. The joy of being a part of a holy enterprise that seeks to bring hope and purpose and transformation into the lives of many who are lost or confused. The holy calling to exchange a lust to accumulate material possessions for a passion to engage with people, particularly people in need, in this community of faith. The blessing of a shared life with wonderful people who are inspired by common values and a desire to bring justice and truth and beauty to life. The promise of a life beyond this brief span of years when we will be gathered with those who have gone before us in a place where there will be no pain 
and no suffering. Albert Schweitzer once wrote, He comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old by the lakeside. He came to those men who knew him not. He speaks to us the same word, follow me, and sets us to the task which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings which they shall pass through in his fellowship, and in an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience who he is. This is the challenge of the gospel, my dear friends. This is our challenge. This is Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. And join us for worship every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.